anniversary party podcast. Tonight. Excellent. Nice. There's the title. Excellent. There's the title right there. Summer, Summer Roberts can be my uh, yeah. character arc. Yeah. She original went, crap for 20 years. Yeah. yeah. No, crap. she went from, you know, ditzy best friend to environmentalist saving the world. So, well, that's a character arc. Insert for you. theme tune here. She became here. Captain Planet. Oh, no. Don't use the sound effects now. We've had it way too long. Keep going, Helen. Keep going. California. Well, I guess we're doing a chin wag. We are doing a chin wag. And, and I There's guess no I'll opening can... tonight. We're just going to all just chat and chin wag. Yeah. So here you go. Episode twenty-three. Sounds that's good. That's good. Yeah. Sounds good. Lucky, lucky twenty-three. What season? What season are we in? Two. No, favorite, so. favorite sports person to wear number twenty-three. Ooh, that's a, Ooh. That's a tough one. He well, said to- twenty-four. I would have said Avicenna. No, I, I know my favorite sports person for twenty-three. My son Max. Uh, he wore number twenty-three for the Red Redcliffe Tigers. And uh, in his opening season, kicked, I don't know, how many goals. He's full forward. He was a gun. So Total weapon, like his dad. Yeah. Yeah. His dad wore number five, so nowhere near number 23. <laughs> it's too <laughs> obvious, though, right, Steve? Like, I uh, See, I grew up as a Magic Johnson fan, so I hated Jordan. Uh, okay. I, I, I appreciate how amazing he was. I'd probably go Warney. Warney wore 23. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just so you know, if you guys had given me prior knowledge that this was a sports podcast, I wouldn't be here. (laughs) If you told me this was an OC podcast, I would still still be here. I know you would, buddy. If you told me this was a podcast, I would hesitate. (laughs) People can hear this. It is concerning. I'm going to get arrested. So fun fact, so fun fact, I I, uh, went to the Magic Round recently. Here in Australia, where they played all the, you know, the rugby came to Brisbane, and I bought a Magic Round jersey. I gave it to Max, presented it to him. It had number twenty three on the back. He's telling all his mates, "My oh, dad bought me this jersey with my number on the back because that's what I wore when I was playing footy." I went, "Mate, it's not because it's that. It's because it's twenty twenty three." It was so good. <laughs> Take that, credit, Take that credit. Uh, that's funny. So what have, what have we been all playing? Um, I will kick off with a game we played for all of, I don't know, five and a half hours at least. No, I'll start off. Played Obsession for around about three hours. Ah, yeah. Great. Has anyone played Obsession before here? Great game. Yep. It was my second, no, third play. So first play, didn't understand what I was doing. Second play was just pressing button on the BGA. Third play, taught by Christy Joseph. It's on BGA? Way. Yeah. On oh. BGA, yes. So we can, we can get a game going, by the way. Um, and Christy buttons. teaches the game so well. I understood it. And we played a game. Hi, Raph. For about three hours. Very enjoyable. What I really liked about the game is you get all these cards of all these people with their faces and you get like, you know, um, Sir, blah, 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 and you, you read their scripting. But what I like about it is you actually make up your own scripting for it. So at one point I had a cigar room going where I had to send three gentlemen to the cigar room. So I had, you know, you know, the, the, so the, the game is about all about you are the host and you've got to show your guests that come into your house and you've got to show up standing. So I took three people to the cigar room where they could, you know, have a nice afternoon, three gentlemen. It was the head of the house and two other people. Meanwhile, the lady of the house was taking 
some other sir that decided to visit during the next week over to the tennis courts for a bit of rompy rompy. <laughs> and that's the best part that's, of the game. You make up your own. That's the official term there, right? Yeah, rompy rompy. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> there we are. Very good. They were, they were burning their own little spots on the lawn court. Uh, and uh, so you make up your own little stories on the side. God, it was good fun. We were having a great laugh of whatever other stories we, we could come up with. Needless to say, the uh, lawn bowls circuit in my house was a little porn site, really, when you think about it. <laughs> Everyone was going everywhere. I, feel like for I played it. a different version of this game. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to do it. It's so much Shane, fun. Shane's at the old EBDBB and B. And anyway, yeah. good fun, obsession, hilarious, especially when you do the uh, adults only version. The R-rated version of yes. obsession. My my favourite thing about that game, and it is on the cards, is that. Because it's, it's, you know, old style Victorian England and, you know, yeah. very classy families and all the rest. And some of the characters, they might be really upstanding characters. Like they might be business owners and, you know, own shipping companies or whatever else. And then it's like, but they're from America, negative three points. <laughs> like, <laughs> like every American character in the game is negative victory points. Yeah. So and it's like Americans. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I love it. A fun game and uh, absolutely recommend. Just change the storyline a little bit. Just tweak it. Just tweak. And then we went into John Company. Holy shit balls. Long game. Fun. We played it very, very friendly. But um, ended up with a win. So enough said. John Company fun. Fair enough. Just can I just ask a question back on obsession, Shane? Um, would you consider because this is kind of what I, I'm thinking, and maybe I just haven't played other games like it, but I I think it's a very unique game. I can't really pin it down to a mechanism. Like it just doesn't seem like anything else. That if you get your um, cards going in the right way, as if a deck building. You get your deck building going well, mm. it helps you. So I I ended up winning. There was certain cards cards that were dealt out where you've got to have the most in certain families, but a, a total luck pull. But I had that for three rounds in a row, which gave me a lot of um, you know points in this in the standings of my family. That's important. So if, if you can get your deck building going really well and, and where you're playing certain cards, one after the other, that helps you. So I would say it's a deck builder. Yeah, I guess, yeah. I just I love the, uh, the, 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 the purchasing of the buildings and then the playing of the buildings to flip them and make them stronger. And like it just, it's, it's, yeah, it's a really good game. Yeah, it, it's a fantastic game. Um. I'll, I'll jump in. I had a I had an awesome experience with uh, Joe um, last uh, Wednesday. I think he brought around his fully blinged out versions of, version of Castles of Burgundy. Oh, uh, stop! I'm hanging up now. Goodbye. <laughs> it was so funny because uh, you know I think I've previously talked about Castles of Burgundy didn't really grab me as a game, and to be completely honest. It's a good game. It, it's still after playing the deluxified, amazing, fandangled version. I still wouldn't say it's a it's an amazing game. It's just it's great. I'd play it, but it's nothing well to me anyway. I know it's a lot of people's favorite games. So I don't want to disappoint anyone. But um, yeah, that I tell you what, that production is uh, pretty nice, and th- it's the first time I've actually played the game where I actually knew what all the buildings and stuff did because it yeah. was it's a lot easier to see. The colors are a little bit more easily defined, which was always a problem with the old, the two old versions. Is that I like I, I thought I was putting down um, like farm yards, but I was actually doing that on the on the city tiles because they're very similar colors for me. So I always struggle with that. And like, eh. and I just whenever I played it on BGA, I'm just like, ah, oh, yeah, I'll just this building will do, and not really paying attention to what buildings I already had or what what benefits the buildings give you. So um, it's definitely a better game when you play it right. That's for sure. Um, it's pretty much a golden rule of any game, I guess. Um, 
But we played, um, we just played random mats, and um, Joe did a really good job just re-explaining the rules so that I I went in there a little bit less blind. And um, he got a good win in the first round, and then I got a good win in the second round. And um, it was just nice to play a game that, like, I got a lot of overproduced games, or at least maybe not overproduced, but very nice productions of Mm. games. Yeah. And almost the only the problem is, is almost all of them are long games, uh, which makes sense. You don't want to spend $150 in a game that goes for 30 minutes. Um, but I, I, the one thing I will say about that overproduced, overproduced version of Castles of Burgundy is it's it's the length of game is is enough that you'll see that quality more often because you finish a game in an hour, hour and 15 minutes. So it's more likely to come to the table because it's quicker. He, he's, since he's bought yeah. it, him and his wife have played it like eight or nine times. And then we played it twice when he came around to my house. And I was like, this is a game that I could teach Helen and she would love it because it's not too long. And that's, that's kind of like in her wheelhouse. So I could see why they did it where initially I thought, why, why are they spending, making this, who's going to spend $300 on this? But as it turns out, I can see the value, even uh-huh. though, Personally, I was like, I would never spend three hundred dollars on a game like that. I, I actually kind of reverse back and go, I, I, I absolutely get it. So, definitely, if anyone's out there um, who got it, um, I'm sure you'll love it. The um, the only downside Joe has is for some reason he didn't get the acrylic tiles oh, no, of, of one kind. So he got acrylic tiles of everything except for the workers. And so he's like, oh, I just thought, why? Who cares about the workers? And then he's like, as soon as he got it, he's like. I've made a huge mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I went all in. I'm still waiting for mine. And, um, shouldn't be far away. I got mine last week. Oh, stop. (laughs) And I'm, uh, I have started teaching Lauren how to play on BGA. So we, 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 we're playing our first game tonight. That's awesome. Yeah. Only because I want to be able to play it when I get the whole new acrylic tiles. I mean, fancy, fancy version. It was yeah. good because I understood how you thrashed us in that game. We played on BGA now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I don't. I, I randomly click <laughs> buttons until the game finished. And did I... I scored thirty points. <laughs> <laughs> It's not my best game. The best game I've ever played was 278 points. Oh, wow. It's wow. a massive score. Seems like a lot of points. It's a lot yeah. of points. Although then game. again, like it just seemed like you were just always getting points in that game. It's like, I'm going to do this really basic move. Oh, seven points. It just, it's just yeah. points, points, points. It's a Stefan exactly. Feld game. So you just, you just open the box and you get four victory points for opening the yeah. box. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Picked up the rule book. Yeah, that's another eight points. Nice. <laughs> the, best, the, best, the best tip I ever ha- ever had was always try and get your mining tiles out in the first round and your game set. So there you go. Giving everyone a big tip. All right. So that was me anyway. That was the standout. I played a few other games, but that was definitely the standout was um, getting to play that U-Butte fandangled version of a game. And I think I enjoyed it more so just because it was nice to play a U-Butte fandangled version of a game that I didn't have to pay for. That was delightful. Yeah, yeah, cool. <laughs> yes, that is good. Well, there's plenty of people in this group that probably own it, so you'll be all right. Well, I had a, a kind of a mixed bag of gaming. As Shane said, we played John Company, which I taught and was not across enough to teach well, but we got through in the end, and I think we did. everyone had, was a little bit tired after Obsession, so it went for a little bit too long, but it's a, a thoroughly enjoyable game. We did get through an entire game, which is nice. Um, but as Shane said, we played the intro co-op campaign type version, so it's very friendly, and I'd be very keen to see what it looks like. Full backstabby, uh, aggressive oh, mode. Yeah. So that was good. Um, and then actually I've um, probably bought a, a, a regular Steve Chibbers day with his family, a, a day of board gaming with the kids and the family today. Oh, no. So... My littlest one very early this morning decided he wanted to play some games, so he started grabbing stuff off the shelf. And we played uh, Go Away Monster a few times, which is a little game right, um, random draw game. He got out Uno, and we all learned Uno, and we played that. And big fan. He's four, and he's yeah, really enjoying these games. And then we got the Crocodile set out. And we had a bit of a oh, impromptu awesome. Crocodile tournament with nice. the fan. 
uh, on the kitchen table. So it was just a full solid day of, of family gaming. And we'd That's sort of, awesome. yeah, we'd drop it down, play with the dog for a bit and eat some food and then back into gaming. So had an awesome time. Uh, another thing I did learn this week, we had our um, primary school trivia evening on Friday night and a few drinks were had. It was quite a, a loose occasion, which was good. But I found out of the hundred or so people in the room, I am the best one at making and throwing paper airplanes. Ah, well done. Yeah, I, I scored three of the bonus points for our team and we came equal first, all because of my paper plane skills. <laughs> so what did you do? Amazing. Did you go jet, like very slim line? Oh, jet? super slim line, yeah. You got yeah, 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 yeah. 60 seconds, I'm like, ah, I got this. Yeah. I just walked out and went, pew. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Good feeling. Uh, that's good. Yeah. Well done. That's, that's excellent. Big my family game day. My children tried to do family game day with me and I sort of vetoed it. So we played <laughs> a little get bit. Get out, of... get out. <laughs> so I managed to, last night I played some, we've been playing a lot of Draconic Dice because it's literally a five-minute game and everybody just has to roll some dice. So Hugo can play it, my eldest can play it. It's a bit of fun. Liam got in on it today. So Liam played a dice game, not a board game, but a dice, dice game. Um. But I played um, some Guess Who, oh. a little bit of Phase 10. Um, but, yeah, that was all. They kept begging for more, and I'm like, eh, we will, just not right now, maybe tomorrow night. But, um, yes, they would have loved the day that you had, Dave. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, the crocodile board being set up is just a bonus. Like, you just walk past mm-hmm. and go, oh, I'll have a go. <laughs> Crocodile's great. Yeah. i gotta, I got to wax my crocodile board. It's a bit... Uh... Bit grainy at the moment. Yeah, I, don't actually, bit, bit I, I don't actually know what a crocodile board is. A what? Put that on the list with all the Shem Phillip games <laughs> is something you yep. need to do. Yep. Uh, there's another game. My dad gets his crocodile board. There it is there. Oh, wow. So he's playing at home. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy that, podcasters. One of the oldest like games has... going around. Imagine a clock without numbers. It yeah. looks that doesn't like... tell you the time. But do they? It looks like the center part of the Hamilton stage. Do they actually turn? No. Is, is no. it's not circles that turn? No. It's... Oh, that's what it looked like. It's, not it's a, a bit of it's about a meter. Yeah, it's about a meter across. It's um, you get little hockey pucks, and it's like air air hockey. But imagine if it was in 1870s with just pieces of wood. Nice. Yeah, so he's flinging, flinging things into circles. I love that. I did yeah. teach another game. I did teach my father-in-law while he was up here in uh, Brizzy from Adelaide. And um, as you guys know, I have Martian chess that we're playing. Mm. Max and I are playing turn-based where, you know, we move the dice and it's his go. It's, he moves the dice, it's my go. So... Lauren's, Lauren's dad was up here recently, and so the big Max, as we call him, little Max, played Martian chess, where I taught big Max how to play it. They played three rounds, loved it. They both loved the game. And um, for those that haven't played Martian chess, get into it. It's good fun. It's all over in about 10 minutes. It's not like a super, super hard, like normal chess. But then if you play turn-based, Max and I can go two weeks with with playing turn-based Martian chess. It's super, super fun. So I printed, um, I've I've now got a full chess board of two different colours. So when you play Martian chess, normally you're only playing with a half chess board and both have the same colours. So you're both green, for example. And it's all about pips. So you have your, your pawns, your rooks, and your queens. Your queens are worth three points, rooks two, pawns one. Both same colours. I've now gone to a full chessboard where I've got green and purple on either side. And Max and I are playing um, Martian chess. It's, it's awesome. Awesome fun. G-Money, come on. Save us from the dead air. Hurry up. What? What? <laughs> um, I haven't done. I've done. Fuck all. <laughs> yeah. Sing for your supper. I don't want any supper. 
Well, uh, I just played. I've just played BGA games with you guys. That's it. I have How to say. You? Yeah. I was just gonna say. I have to say. I will never play Earth again. I am. I have never given so little effort to a game. I literally hey. like. What's the least I can do on my turn? I'm pressing button through. talent. I'm just going. Yep, I'm doing that move. Yeah. Whatever it's, it's telling me, I'm so doing. So disappointing. It's such a great game. I'm so surprised because I thought it'd be right up your alley, Helen. No, I, um... I can't. I can't handle it. I hate it. There you go. Yeah. Thanks to our sponsors for this week. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the planet, not the board game. The planet, no. <laughs> next, next week it's Mars, so yeah. don't worry. <laughs> Are you still playing Marvel Snap, G Money? Yeah. Well, my only other achievement for this week is I've got to Infinite for the first time. Hey, good job. Well done. Yeah. Finished. Officially finished. And I put it down. Perfect. Yeah. Completed the online game. Actually, I was going to ask you, Steve. I had a game of Teotihuacan, mm. and I thought I did exceedingly well. I was I was pumped. I was chuffed. I got to like 170. Like, yeah, that's a huge score. It's like one of the highest scores I've ever got. I came like equal last. <laughs> <laughs> like the winning guy got 248. Wow. Is that is that a normal score? On uh, it, dep- you know, it really depends on. Did you guys use the? Did you randomize the the locations? Yeah, it's random locations. Yeah, because you'll find that depending on how they set up, sometimes you can get a really high score because it might be you might be able to pick up your your stone on the way to building tiles, and then you might be able to pick up your gold on the way to um, decorating. Like it, you could, it, they can chain really well sometimes, and they can also chain really poorly. Yeah, like my, my top score is like 298, I think, was my top score. Um, yeah, but that was just, that was with the expansion as well, which does make it a little bit easier to score points. But yeah, it's, yeah, you'll find that if you feel like you're doing really well, then most people will feel like they're doing really well. Yeah, that, I bet you it was that. Hmm. But yeah, it was just real, like, because you know, a normal base game of that, I'll probably get 120 and do fairly well. But just this one game, I don't know what happened. But you're right, it probably was the placement of the actual um, actions themselves. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of games you know really well, DJ, Barrage has come out with two new boards. Have you seen Mm -hmm. that? No. Two-player board. Two-player board. There's a new board coming out. It should be uh, coming to Kickstarter very soon. Yep, I'll be getting on that one for sure. I don't know. I played the was it the Nile? I think the other one. I I think they had to try to do something with it because they're really that's the only way that you can add more variety into the game. Like the the mechanisms are so good, and the the replayability for all of the different like buildings and action choices is so good. But the ma- the base map was obviously really well structured and designed. They didn't need to do too much to it. So mm. I think trying to completely change game modes by bringing in new boards is kind of the only thing they've got. So I've heard the game's broken though. You <laughs> see Dave's face. <laughs> Tell me more. Well, so, apparently, tell me how to break it. <laughs> appara- apparently, anyone that gets the is it the wrench, or there's some kind of thing you can take out of the first it is a wrench isn't it you can pull it out of the are we talking cluedo no no no, no barrage barrage it's there's there's a certain thing that you can pull out of the first you choose it as your first mechanism that is yours for the rest of the game is a game breaker is it the wrench or the spanner or it's something it's something along those lines yeah, I don't know. Like, I haven't, I haven't seen a broken combo. I don't know. Sure, there's one on the internet at this stage, but I will Google the wrench. I'm, I'm gonna Google. I'm gonna Google it right now. <laughs> All right, you, you because, Google it, tell me. Because I'm sounding like a dick right now. So yeah. But that threw me back to one of the questions that we didn't get on Friday night at the trivia thing. Name the six Cluedo weapons. Oh, um, there's six. The six. The rope. Yep. The wrench. The candelabra. Is there yeah. a candelabra? Candlestick, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Rope, wrench, candlestick. Revolver. Yeah. Pistol, yeah. Revolver. There is. So that's four. You got 30 seconds and you've is already. Is there a used shovel? It. Nah. No shovel. 
There is a There's a lead knife. Pipe. Lead knife. pipe, yeah, there is And a pipe. knife, yeah? Yeah. 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 Yeah, we didn't get the wrench. You didn't get the wrench? Oh, that's why you were so quick on the clitter yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> my goddamn wrench is stuck in my head now. <laughs> Fucking Cluedo. Because I don't know. Get like, the wrench. Well, we didn't have Cluedo like in the house. We've had Simpsons Cluedo. Like I got it brand new in the nineties. <laughs> yeah. It's the only version I've ever had. Yeah. So I got the plutonium rod and the poison donor <laughs> and the extender glove. Tell me yeah. I'm wrong. I know I'm right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Simpsons Cluedo. That's hilarious. Yeah. All right. So Steve, tell us about this uh, topic that you. Purloining for our wonderful show. Uh, oh, it's just completely from nowhere stolen. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's completely stolen from somewhere else. Uh, a lesser-known um, board game content provider than us, so we can steal it and no one will ever know. Yeah. Um, uh, something, about, wait, something about dice and towers and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. But um, anyway, uh, so the idea was it's your three, your top three character arcs in any kind of media, whether it's TVs, movies, video games, hell, board games, if you can think of one. Um, yeah, just and, and I was, it was a really interesting conversation. And, and, and I think when everyone, well, me personally and everyone else I've spoken to about it, have like when they heard it, they immediately, you just immediately start thinking about all the awesome characters that you remember from stuff. So I'm like, oh, it'd be cool to sort of pin it down. So that was the idea. Love it. So have you got one that you're particularly thinking about when you overheard it and you wanted to talk about? Oh, well, I've got a top three. So um, take us away. Well, okay. My first one is from a TV show that we all love here, uh, which goes by the name of Ted Lasso. Yes. And it's Rebecca Welton. Okay. I I just love the fact that uh, probably the the, the highlight of all of it is, um, and obviously there may be spoilers I guess so. Apologies for those who may uh, not have I'll gotten there. But, um, she starts out obviously very, you know, very antagonist. You know, doing all of this stuff to ruin the club. You know, even right up until you know the end of the second season, she's still very much uh, sort of driven by Rupert and what Rupert's doing and how that's affecting her. And and then in the third series, you kind of get to see her finally start to break away from that and be a bit more relaxed and be a bit more happy with who she is. And I just think that's really cool because it's, it's, it was, there's, there's plenty of awesome character arcs in that TV series, but she's my favorite because of just the, the, she didn't, she started pretty bad and then she got good, but even when she was bad, you could still see that she was, you know, you could still see she was a nice person at heart. Um, like you, you saw little glimpses of what she can be and, you know, her friendship with Keely starts and you sort of go, oh, that's cool. And then as things progress, she begins to really enjoy Ted's company, which obviously she didn't at the start. And yeah, it's, it's a really cool arc for me. So that was my number, my number three. Very cool. What's your next one? So, um, my next one is, I don't know if you guys have ever seen, uh, Black Sails. Mm-hmm. No. No. Yep. Okay. Black Sails is basically the prior to uh, Treasure Island, you know, the Louis Stevenson um, book, Treasure Island, the story of Treasure Island, like um, Long John Silver, et cetera, et cetera. This is like the, so my character, the, the character is John Silver, um, who basically starts out, weasels his way onto a ship Um the ship's getting uh, ship's getting over overrun by pirates, so he hides down in the um, in the kitchen, and uh, there's there's a chef there, and he realizes that they're not going to kill the chef because they need someone to cook for them. So he kills the chef, and then he pretends to be a chef for his own survival. That's where he starts. So he's like this weaselly guy who you know doesn't really um, belong in that world, but he's he's doing what he, he's being opportunistic and doing whatever he can to survive. And then as the show progresses throughout its seasons, he, he's, he's the main, he's the main character, but it, it's, it's very much about how he goes from this weaselly little person who'll do anything to benefit himself to really a leader of other men and or men and women in the show. But to, to a point where he has to completely take on this persona of, 
Long John Silver and prove to people that he he's not to be messed with and he's not to be, um, you know, there's a, don't don't try and overrun or you know call a mutiny on him or anything like that because he'll mess you up. And there's this brilliant scene in it where basically you can see the distress in him when he has to with his wooden leg kill someone by like slamming his slamming his leg down on this guy's head and it's kind of like yeah like you can see that he doesn't want to do it but he needs to do it because that's what that's what the character that he's he needs to be needs to do like he he needs to show that strength even though you can kind of tell that it's not really him and the best way that's shown at the very end of the uh, series the person that was the captain of this ship before the, the eventual situation where Long John Silver takes over it is this Captain Flint. And um, over throughout the series, you find out all these interesting things about him. One in particular being that he had this love interest that um, he could, he long lost and um, very controversial um, at the time. And so it was clear that Flint needed to go, but Silver, instead of actually killing him and doing what, everyone thought he did he made everyone think that he killed him but he actually organized for him to find this long lost love interest so like he still had that compassion at heart it's just it's very very interesting starts off starts off very weak-willed and opportunistic to someone very different at the other end so um that's my number two um okay so um in order i like jamie lannister from Game of Thrones, and I'm not talking about the TV show, like because they they absolutely butchered the whole concept of the show as the seasons went on. But from the books, Jamie Lannister. But, but how start... do you know where he got to with the books? Because they're not finished yet. I know, but that's okay. You can, you and can never even even, even up to where to the date. books are. <laughs> yeah, even where other books are, he's still amazing. Like he doesn't really need to do much more. So. Because didn't he end up interacting with the, like the mom who got killed in the red wedding in the books? Yeah, she got she got raised. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Doesn't There's a she, whole lot of weird shit. Yeah, cause I remember that being really different. Yes. Yeah, she comes back to life, or allegedly she comes back to life. I don't know if they ever really. Yeah, but with Jamie, like, doesn't she like sort him out somehow? What do you mean? Oh, okay. I, I, it's been a little while since I read the books, but I thought that her and Jamie and Brienne all sort of got together and things happened. Yeah, her, yeah, Brienne and Jamie got together definitely. Yeah. I can't remember whether. Yeah. Anyway, right. but he he come he he turns from like complete and utter asshole, worst character, and does a full one eighty basically, or is on his yeah. way to doing a That's full one eighty, <laughs> and becomes like the most empathetic like forward thinking character that there is sort of like on the back end of what the books are like you know he he where every every other character turns to shit he turns the other way around yeah but he was pretty bad to start with yeah oh yeah he was like, like you know first first bit murdering a kid yeah <laughs> while he's having incestual sex with his sister he didn't murder but him. But I think... He survived. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Much to his <laughs> chagrin, yes. <laughs> I've never read it or watched the show, but I know that much. Yeah. But I think I think he was a good character before the books, like when he killed the Mad King. Yeah. And then, like, everyone basically didn't give him any credit and turned he, his name, reputation turned to shit. Yeah. And he just lived the Lannister life for a while. So I think the character was already there. He just yeah. needed something to spur it on. Losing your hand does that from time to time. <laughs> if he had hard luck... Luke like Skywalker he, happened he to the Luke right, Skywalker? He did the right thing. But murdering the king is probably never really the right thing. Nah, it depends on the king. Yeah. Good luck, Jake. Good luck. Yeah, that's that was mine. Um, I'll do another one if you want. Or Perfect. Pass on. Yes, no, go. Everyone's anyone watched Buffy and or Angel? Yes. So Cordelia from Buffy and Angel, Mm -hmm. like Cordelia starts off as ditzy teenage, like almost frenemy sidekick, and by the end of Angel, she is the heart and soul of that entire team, and holds everything together throughout all of Angel. 
So from a character to turn into what was almost a throwaway character, and there's plenty of examples of characters that, like Spike, for example, was only supposed to be in the show for like two episodes. And James Masters did such a good job that he became such an integral character. Spike's my sister's favourite. Yeah. So she just, she just, and, and the way she, what she was in Angel was just, yeah, it was like a, watching the character go through an entire arc to become such an amazing thing. And also all the shit that she had to deal with on the actual set as well. Yep. Yeah, but nice yeah, one. Those are, those are my two. I've got another one in the chamber, but I'll have to give someone else a go. Saving the number ones. I love it. Dave? Yep. Okay. Right. Yeah, all right. Um, so slightly different take, but the... I, I really, we talked a little bit about, it. I really like community as the show and the whole thing. And I was in almost from the start watching along with it as it came out live. The entire show has such a interesting sort of meta story that goes along with it. And it's a very meta show that goes about stuff, but the heart and soul of the show in the first season was all about Jeff, who's like the weaselly you know, lawyer. And it was about his redemption story weirdly the whole as he got better he actually got more boring as a character and the whole mm. show kind of moved away from him and the show then more becomes being about Arbed, who actually then ends up sticking through all of the weirdness and the characters leaving and you know his best friend leaving they did a whole show about when his best friend in the show leaves as because the actor leaves they did a show about how he's struggling with the breakup of his friendship um but it was just a weird arc of an entire show that it went through the creator getting fired and getting cancelled by the network and getting brought back and brand new characters brought in for individual seasons. And um, from start to finish, the the entire show changed to be about the characters in the So they all went on this massive journey, but um, individually they all had sort of fantastic arcs. And I think it resolves a lot of that sort of stuff really well. But yeah, Troy Butsu Barnes being the, the ex-quarterback to being one of the nerdiest characters on the history of TV and then going on a round the world cruise with LeVar Burton and getting arrested by pirates. Yeah. Can't wait to wait to find out what happens with the movie. Can't wait to see what happens with the movie. (laughs) Is Troy coming back for the movie? Allegedly they're all coming back except for Chevy. Yeah. He's dead. He's dead now, right? He's got to be dead now. Too much, too much sperm. Oh, plus yeah. the replacement pop of virility. Yeah. <laughs> plus, I liked the replacement Chevy. I don't know yeah. what the actor's name is, but the old guy, Jonathan Banks. Yeah, Mike Ermitrout. Yeah, oh. <laughs> and yeah. then Keith David. Oh, yeah, Mike, they, the, Mike the Fixer. Yeah, they. they and then everyone's right. favorite voiceover actor, Keith David. Yeah, yeah you know, just the, the quality of the show was unreal, yeah. but um. And then the other one, so I've been getting to X-Men a fair bit lately, so X-Men character for the other one, and it, it's a very current uh, one, but so Juggernaut is the character that I've got the the really good arc on, mostly because uh, very recent events in the comic, like the ones come out this week, but ultimately everyone I think kind of knows the story of Juggernaut, like bad guy, got a magic gem, has superpowers, he's unstoppable, he's Professor X's brother, and just he's in the brotherhood of evil mutants and does a whole bunch of bad shit. And, um, eventually they, there's a bit of a subtext in there that he's got like a, uh, uncredited male partner that he lives with in this castle in Scotland. And he comes in and out through the characters like of the last 60 years of the X-Men, but they've been doing this redemption story for, with him for a little while where he's actually sort of misunderstood and trying to do the right thing. And he just gets sort of sidetracked and influenced by bad people. Um, and so in recent terms in the story, they've done this uh, bit of a, I guess, a softening on him where he's actually trying to do the right thing and he's being allowed to and supported to. So um, last month they had a public vote with the X-Men and they do this every year now where they put out to the general readership, who would you like to see on the team of the X-Men? And they then write that person that wins the vote into the story. Yeah, right. So Juggernaut won the public fan vote this year. And so they wrote the story around him where now he's one of the nominated X-Men and they actually vote him onto the team. So in the next little while, Juggernaut is going to be an X-Men. He's going to be helping save people. That's awesome. 
So again, it's kind of an influence by public opinion and feeling, but you know, it's a character has been around for 60 years in terms of story um, yeah. arcs and progression. And his whole thing is he's just an unstoppable record machine. Um, and um, there's a crappy movie that, where Vinnie Jones played him in... I'm the juggernaut, bitch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> One of the worst things I've ever seen. But... Defeated by a wall in that movie, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, but um, and and just weird random stuff like there's lots of little snippets with him, but he because he's unstoppable, they um, they just did a recent story where they fired him out of a rail gun, um, and for a thousand years he sort of traversed the entire galaxy on this direct path and then killed Galactus. It's a whole thing, but yeah, he um he can't he's basically invincible and can't be stopped. So interesting to try and see how he becomes a bad guy, uh, a good guy to use that power for good. But anyway, mm. juggernaut. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's kick it off with, you know, I love Ted Lasso, right? When you talk about character arcs, there's, there's quite a few. Um, I'm going to go with Coach Beard. This is my first one. So Coach, you know, he tried to, Slowly assert himself as you know the the person to be in in, in the show, and uh, and also to you know assert himself as the team success. Uh, he struggled with his own anxieties, and you know let's face it, that relationship with the, with the girlfriend absolutely toxic. She Same was pain. she was feral, right? And um, however, you know at the end of the series, he evolved to be the most sympathetic fella. That that moment when he walked in and he walked into that, uh, he knocked on the door and he said, you know, come back to the team. Yeah. For me, pure, pure, pure gem. Love the show. So for me, that was one of the big character moments where we, we saw someone that was total hard-ass to someone that can forgive and forget and move on. So, yeah. And then you have the total opposite where you had the total powerhouse kick ass person in Ted Lasso in Kelsey Jones. Um, you know, here's a person that was a PR consultant. Where, what well, actually, before she, if she even became a PR consultant, she was just this lowly person in the back end of the club and went on this, you know, total discovery of self-empowerment and total kick-ass as of a lady, as a businesswoman, where she ended up becoming, you know, running the whole business on her own and a fan favourite for the show. She was just brilliant. End up at number one. Are you going into it? Hey. Are, we, are you holding or you have a... I'll go into my number one. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. It's got Fuck nothing, your system. It's got nothing <laughs> to do with Ted Lasso. Yeah. No, number one for me, a lowly old boy who was destitute and had nothing. He was some kind of orphan, no father at all, had a mother. But no father ends up becoming the person that runs the whole of the fucking universe empire where he was taught both ways of the force <laughs> and just brilliant the best character arc ever in all of cinema, movies, TV of all time, Anakin Skywalker, full stop. Fair enough. Excellent. About you, you, Helen? Yeah. (laughs) Rightio, let the OC begin. (laughs) Not on my list. I gave an honourable mention earlier to Rachel Bilson, a.k.a. Summer. Um, So I'm going to start with... Alexis from Schitt's Creek. So she starts hey, off. 
I don't know if you've all seen Schitt's Creek, but basically she's there. It's about a family who lose all their money and have to go live in this town that they bought called Schitt's Creek. Uh, it's Dan Levy with his dad, Eugene Levy's in it. They play father and son. They have sister Alexis and then Catherine O'Hare. O'Hara? Uh, plays the mother, but it's hilarious. You should all watch it. I recommend it's great it. Great show. She starts off as this completely ditzy, um, rich, privileged girl who just, you know, parties her life away. Um, and throughout the show, she grows as a person. She, you know, finishes school. She um, studies. She becomes her a PR consultant and actually chooses herself over the love of her life and just, you know, grows and wants to make it on her own. And so she has an amazing character arc. Um, and my second is I'm going to finish off, round out the Ted Lassos with, <laughs> <laughs> with Jamie Tart. Yeah. Um, you know, going from an obnoxious, you know, very up-yourself person who you find is so layered because of everything he's been through with, with his family and the growth he goes on by having the support of his team to becoming such a team player by the end and... Um, yeah. yeah, I think he has one of the absolute best arcs of that series. Good call. Um, now I'm going to keep my number one. So we'll go back to you, Steve. All right. So my number one is actually from a movie um, franchise that I don't love that much. It's great, but it's like some people are wild for this and I'm not wild for it. But my number one character arc is Neville Longbottom from Harry Potter. Nice. Uh, I love. I haven't I haven't read the books, so I can only talk from the movies. But uh, I love that. You haven't read the books. Yeah, That's no. You need to read I, the fucking books. I've read. I've well, you know what it is. <laughs> is that I, I've listened to the audio books <laughs> from Stephen Fry, right? So well, I've listened to. The books. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Let, me, let me finish the story. So we we would, used to drive from Cloncurry to Brisbane, and we'd always listen to a Harry Potter audio book on the way down. But then, like, the first book takes, like, 38 hours on audiobook and it's a 19-hour drive to Cloncurry. So you'd be like, oh, yeah, well, you just listen to it on the way back and you'd be done. No, because we're so engrossed that when we get to Brisbane, we watch the movie. <laughs> and then we just skip to book two and then we get home and then we watch the second movie. And we just, we've never actually finished the audiobook. So I've, heard, I've read some of the book, I guess you'd say, books um, through that period. But, yeah, now, Neville, um, I just love that. He he is always understated throughout the whole every every um, chapter. He's he he's not the hero. He's not the he's not the one out there fighting the the you know the fantastical beasts and whatever else. He's but he from series oh, yeah. one. He's the guy who is the most loyal and he does the right thing. He he dobs him in for sneaking out in Philosopher's Stone. Um, right up until obviously the end, where realistically he is the hero of the entire story. Um, yeah, I just I just love that he remained that same. I guess it's, it's hard to say an arc when you remain the same, but like he became this, um, you know, excellent wizard, but maintained that um, that loyalty and that respect for rules and respect for his house and and his friends right up until the end where everyone else was done. No one else thought there was any way that, you know, that Voldemort would be defeated, but he wouldn't take that and he put himself on the line and, ah, uh, yeah, Neville's a legend. I wouldn't say he's the hero of the whole thing. He definitely had his part. He was definitely an integral part. But you can't go, oh, well, Harry's defeated, you know, Six of the Horcruxes, but Neville got that last one, so he just like, do you know what I mean? I think you've got to give some support yeah, to Harry. Who's fair, but at the same time, though, it was more that everyone else was done. Like, no one, all these amazing wizards that are, you know, adults, kids, whatever. Yeah. No one thought they were going to come out on top, except Neville was the only one to stand up and do something about it. So He's, well, he yeah. started a revolution. Like, he's a resistance leader. Oh, 100%. No, and he, he became so... Dr. Snake's head off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He became so strong and his strength that he got in belief in himself across the series was huge. Don't get me wrong. Amazing character arc. I agree with you. Probably one of the best ones. And especially if you think that he could have been the chosen one. He could have been Harry Potter. It was Voldemort that assumed they were talking about Lily and James. He very well... Like, it could have been Neville as well. 
Mm. So, yeah. I'm not against the choice. I'm just <laughs> very supportive. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Plus the evolution just of the actor, right? Yeah. From what yeah. he looked like in season one to what he looks like now. It's a yeah. great character arc. Yeah. <laughs> He's a beautiful man. <laughs> well. Go read some books, Steve. Bloody hell. <laughs> What's yours, Dave? Uh, look, mine, it, it's a movie. Um, it's one of my favourite movies. I do watch it fairly regularly. So controversial choice being Tom Cruise, but Edge of Tomorrow. I absolutely love Tom Cruise's character one. progression in Edge of Tomorrow no. in the movie. No. So good. It can't be. Yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't right. go with another X Men. We're all supporting. We're all supporting. No, yeah. no, I can't. Right. <laughs> That's your number one. Yeah, safe space. Such a good actor. Such a good oh, movie. God. Everybody hates the guy, but man, he just in the space of a two-hour movie with a lot of ass kicking and explosive, he turns it from being just a complete piece of shit to saving the world. That is your number one arc. Yeah, Dave. <laughs> and one of his favorite films. Yeah. It's a great movie. Great movie. It's it's a great yeah. movie. And, and I get the feeling they're not going to actually make another one. Like, and they can't. It's because it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. He's <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, done. Shane's done. <laughs> you just made the list. Yep. DG. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This is going to take some editing this episode. Far out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All I can hear is, what the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> oh, that is, yeah, that's a good one, Dave. G, do you All have right. one? Yeah, so I'm going to piggyback off Shane and go one step further and go to Ahsoka Tano. That's a good one as well. Who was the apprentice of Anakin Skywalker, and then developed from a timid, quiet little whatever her race is. I can't even remember what her race is. To she's not a Twi'lek. Is she a Twi'lek? She's a Twi'lek and she kicks ass. Yes. Yeah. And if you've watched the Clone Wars TV show, she encapsulates not only the growth of the show, but also the fact that she stands up to the Jedi Order. She, she sees them as hubris and quite hypocritical. They actually exile her. She becomes a grey Jedi. She fights Darth Vader at the height of his powers, not once but twice. Holds her own um, and basically has a massive part to play in the rest of the saga. So she becomes like, she's, she basically encapsulates one of the best arcs inside of Star Wars that I can see. Has she been in any movie? No. Pure, like, after movie character. No. She's in, in she's between clone, movie character. Yeah, Clone Wars, and now she's in most of, like, she's in The Mandalorian and mm. a few other bits and pieces. In cartoons. She's been yeah. in cartoons, but not yeah. movies, no. The Clone Wars TV show, like, not the, not the movie. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to finish it off with um, Logan from Veronica Mars. Uh, and Don't the reason I from... go Shane, no, go. I know. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. I'm not. Um... <laughs> he wants to. It's Wolverine, right? I really do. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's I know. only Logan I know of. It's not really yeah. Wolverine, is it? Oh, oh man, Logan. No, no. no. James I Howard. have an event. Yeah. I could have gone Wolverine, but I don't actually know. I didn't no. watch the movie Logan, so I can't actually tell you how his arc ended. Um, it's pretty good. We've got, we've got claws out for this other Logan, I can tell you that. Logan's coming back as well with yeah. Deadpool 3. So. Well, there you go. If somebody wants to jump in and talk about your Logan, happy to. <laughs> let, let, her, let her talk, all right? Let it talk. Did you no, I said let it? her talk. No, I said <laughs> let her talk. Um, anyway, he goes from uh, organising bum fights and being just an absolute jackass to... Um, to really supporting Veronica Mars and then, you know, looking out for her and loving her and, you know, going to therapy and ending up being this really great guy. They finally get married and then they kill him in a car bomb. So, What show is this? Veronica Classic Mars. Classic OC. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. And there it is. Yeah. 
So yes. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> what a way to end on a low. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe I, I thought Veronica Mars was a band, so I've just found out about a whole TV series I wasn't aware of. So yeah, that. she's a she's a kid detective. Her best friend. You can dies. probably skip it. Stay, stay. Yeah. It's Kristen it? Bell. Uh, it's okay. Kristen Bell is Veronica. Oh, give it a run, Steve. See what you think. Uh, <laughs> I'm probably I know my I know my wife loves Shit's Creek, so I'm probably more likely to give that a run, I'd say. Shit's Creek's great. Yeah. That's um, I watched yeah. the first two episodes. I've never seen it before. I literally just started today and oh, watched like the first two. You did episodes. not. I did. Seriously. How fun is that? I told you he's he's in front of everybody. Like he knows. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He listened to this already and went, Oh, I should watch yeah. that. Yeah. This is like when Arbed makes those movies about what's about to happen. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Arbed, Arbed, Arbed. Laura, Go Laura, away, Abed. Laura, you already know your lines. Laura and I were hooked on Tits Creek from episode two. We, we were hooked. We watched the whole thing. Brilliant. Great show. Yeah. Such well, a good I, show. I, I recommended it to somebody who had watched Lasso. And then he's watched yeah. that and he's like, okay, what's next? And so I said, look, you know, you should give, you know, have you seen Community? But I'm like, you should give the league a go if you don't mind a little bit of crassness. Um, and I said, you know, and then it, otherwise Superstore would be the other one I would recommend. I started watching that. I, I, that didn't grab me as much, Superstore. But it's again, lot, Helen kept watching it and she thought, and she said it got really good. So It's a lot more school? G-rated, right? Yeah, it's your, it's your more general audience. Yes. Mm. We're watching at the moment The Flower of Alice Hart, which is an Australian show on Amazon Prime. Yeah, is that a sad show? Oh, yeah, it's good. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't do sad shit. Things it's have just, to be joyous for me to watch no, there's them. No joy. No joy at this moment. No, but it's good I'm fun. Good. It's a I'm really good show. Out of curiosity, um, when Shane started describing Darth Vader, um, did anyone else think he was going to say Alexander Hamilton? <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought he was going to say Batman. <laughs> He's like, didn't have a father, had a mother, but, you know, yeah. not for long and came from nothing. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, far out. Yeah, yeah. This, this is, it's not really a character arc. It's, 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 <laughs> Your history. Do you actually want to know what I wanted to go with the character arc tonight? Yes. Edge tomorrow? Hitler. There you go. Oh, okay. Still recording. <laughs> yeah. It's already going to be hard enough to edit this show, Shane. <laughs> That's about all we have time for tonight. All right. Finish us off, Dave. Finish us off. Uh, all right. Well, yes. No, it's a strong finish, I think. Eh? <laughs> Until Steve cuts it all out, and then we just sort of start laughing randomly for no reason. But anyway, um, any honourable mentions that anybody had? I, I, I don't feel like I should say mine because I might get ridiculed by various members of the podcast again. Oh, the entire cast of Ted Lasso could probably have gotten a run, like how we didn't say talk about Roy Kent. Um, but yeah. yeah, there's so many good ones there, but. The humble worker Meeple. <laughs> what a character arc! It had got, gained arms and legs and a head and everything. The Oompa Loompas. Different colours. <laughs> the Oompa Loompas. Tell us more. No, the Oompa Loompas. They <laughs> awesome. They created so many different types of chocolate, and they sang the song Oompa Loompa Doopity Doo. I've got a problem to get to you. Uh, Again, the editing is going to be insane. <laughs> only, only this podcast can you go from Hitler to Oompa Loompas in under three minutes. I get the feeling if I just go, oh, didn't work, guys. What's going to say? See, this one accidentally gets deleted. <laughs> and no editing required. Hey, DG, someone's selling custom goat hides on Marketplace for 125 bucks. Hey. Right. It's worth it. No, no, did, you, did you see the... You must have seen it because I think you will see it. But the Chanel branded rat bikini. Yes. Oh my god, that was one of the most horrifying images I've ever seen. Yeah. G, has what? the um, suit sold eventually? 
Yeah, no, nah, nah, they took it off. Took it off. They wouldn't, they wouldn't, I haggled, they wouldn't sell it. They realised <laughs> what they had. They know what they had. <laughs> uh, well, on that one, note, one day, <laughs> we should, I'm going to stop recording at the no, moment. No, no, keep going. <laughs> the show keeps going or not. <laughs> <laughs> Packer costume update, it's been a while. <laughs> Oh, Anybody got a Kickstarter that's in season lately? two? Yeah. <sighs> oh, if Halloween's coming up. We probably got to get some Halloween movies in there. Just replay the original Halloween episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that means that's we're up changed. to almost up to a year. That's that's impressive. Yeah. And then, what are we up? To, episode twenty-four. Yeah. Every couple of weeks. Twenty-three. Yeah. Twenty-three. Sorry. Yeah. Season ten. Sorry. Right. Season ten. Almost up to Jack Bauer episode. So. Oh. Jack Bow Power Hour. My option for Halloween movies is the Harry and Megan, the true story. Well, no, you don't spoil it. You have to wait till the Halloween episode. Thank no, you, Steve, not. for all your wonderful uh, editing efforts that's yeah. going to be required this week. Yeah, this is the think... shortest episode we've ever recorded, this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, down to 25 minutes. 25 yeah. minutes. <laughs> just take the stuff in the middle. But honestly, yeah. the best character is definitely Darth Vader. It has to be. I want you to edit edit that bit where he talked about Anakin, and just don't have Anakin just have Hitler on the end of it. No, just skip it over and just like add your voice in where you said Alexander Hamilton. Change <laughs> 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 like, it on him. <laughs> We didn't say a Hamilton character does feel like, you know, a mistake. It's I history. I've just got this Burr, diagram. Burr definitely had a character arc. Right. Done. And, uh, yeah, then we'll call it there for this evening. Thank you very much for all the laughs and fun times, everybody. Hope you have a good week.